0: Somebody getting the ball, making a tackle, tackling the quarterback, dumb pro making a play. Look at him go, stiff arms, he's a sledgehammer, he's in, touchdown Tennessee! Derrick Henry, still going. Stays inbounds,
1: he might go, 99 yards, for the touchdown! Hello and welcome back into Two Tone Brews and Unaffiliated Tennessee Titans podcast. My name is Brecker, and I am joined by Chris. Hello, Chris. How you doing?
0: Uh fantastic, man. How about you?
1: Doing pretty good. Um, we this is kind of like a little monthly Titans check-in in the offseason. We got uh we got some new coaching staff members to talk about. We got uh Brian Callahan and Ryan uh, Oh, I'm sorry, not Ryan. Ryan Carthon have hired offensive and defensive coordinators, so we have some fun news to talk about. But uh, before we get into the Titans stuff, uh, we also have a, a little game that happened over the weekend to to react to a little bowl, a little Super Bowl of sorts to to discuss uh, for funsies. Before we get into the Titans talk, but uh, man, it's a it's it it's, it was fun to. I mean, the Super Bowl was like fun to watch and everything but like it's been like in the playoffs have been enjoyable just because i haven't been like stressed out about like my own team winning or losing or anything like that as much fun it is being in the playoffs is nice to be able to just like watch the other teams kind of just like go through the roller coasters be like wow entertaining football i'm here for it
0: (laughs) yeah i know for real like i I obviously always want to see the titans in uh january but it is it is kind of freeing to not have that stress on your life I guess. I don't want it too often I don't want it next right. year I never want it to be honest with you but to like just kind of watch the uh, the unlikely run of the Detroit Lions was really cool oh, and uh, I I did enjoy uh, the downfall of the Texans and the Baltimore Ravens that was also quite enjoyable also the fucking uh, the Buccaneers Absolutely housing the Eagles was both scrumptious and hilarious at the same time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I I agree with all of that, especially the Lions run because I married into a Michigan family. So it was really fun. Like we were all just like really getting into that hype and everything. And holy shit, the Lions looked like that they were going to punch their ticket there for a little bit until it just like collapsed in the second half. Don't know what happened, but oh, well, dude.
0: Do- the Lions kind of came became America's team there for a, a hot minute. Like I know you're uh, you're not as into motorsports as I am, but I was watching the the 24 hour race in Daytona a few weeks ago, and they mentioned on the broadcast multiple times how everyone ex- is excited about the Lions because like you know a lot of the motorsport guys are Detroit Michiganders, and mm-hmm. so they were like, oh yeah, this team was uh you know <laughs> watching the game while they're working on the car and just cheering raucously like like (laughs) in the middle of their work day, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And speaking of the lions, it's, it's interesting that just like a little bit of like kind of news is that their offensive coordinator, whose name escapes me at the moment, uh, he didn't, he, he's staying with the lions. Uh, I, I think he might have gotten some offers from, I think I saw from the commanders, but uh, he kind of turned it down and said that he didn't, uh, there was a lot of like spicy news about, he said, he said stuff going on about like how he didn't like their organization structure and everything. But basically this is to come to say that I feel like the Titans are really coming out on top with the head coach hiring of Brian Callahan, because both the coordinator from the lions and slow, is it, was a Slowik from
0: uh, Ben Johnson from the Lions, by the way,
1: Ben Johnson? Thank you. Um, both of them are staying with their respective teams. And I feel like Brian Callahan was the big fish to get from this latest round of coach hiring. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about things so far.
0: Yeah, it really seems like uh, Callahan was or ended up being the premier offensive coach on the market and uh we'll we'll get into that later in the show but it was shocking to see that uh, Slowick and johnson both ended up staying in their respective locations and you know maybe it was kind of a smoke screen in the in, in the media that they were even considering a move because it really it didn't materialize to any real interest or not interest but any real like rumors of a move you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it never felt like either of them were going anywhere there was not like the Belichick drama, for example, in Atlanta, oh, yeah. where he, he got through like multiple rounds and then they went with somebody else. It it really turned out to be that Brian Callahan uh, is and was the top candidate of, in terms of offensive play calling head coaches. Uh, interesting that some other teams, mo- most other teams that were hiring went defensive. Um, we can, I guess, touch on that a little bit. But thank fucking God. Thank God. God, we did not get um God, what's that guy? The DC from Dan Quinn. Oh yeah, Thank God we did ben. not get Dan Quinn. My lord, this would be a much different podcast if we had hired Dan Quinn.
1: Yeah, though this, this would be just like rage. Just just rage, rage, rage <laughs> would be pl- would be pumping through my veins if we hired Dan fucking Quinn as head coach.
0: The vitriol from Two Tone Brews would re-emerge. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness! But um, okay. Before we're getting dangerously co- close, to just like sticking to the Titan stuff, and that's my bad. But uh, I did wanted to talk about a little bit about the Super Bowl and how we felt about things and everything.
0: Um, I guess I'll just, I'll just throw out the general question. You know, did what? What did you think about the Super Bowl this year? So my thirty second thoughts were that the first half was mind dumbingly boring. Yeah. Uh, it was it was interesting w- from a defensive standpoint, but it didn't really feel like the defense was making a whole ton of plays. Even the turnovers seemed kind of like McCaffrey just was off a little bit, th- those kind of things. The yeah. halftime show was massively disappointing in my opinion. And the second half was incredibly tense and overtime was fascinating and that will end up being a, kind of a case study, an analytical strategy, uh, for playoff perpetuity, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I felt like the game really didn't get interesting until the fourth quarter. And then the halftime show, I saw a lot of people raving about it. Nothing against Usher or any other performers that were in it, but I don't know. I was, I was a little underwhelmed by it, but I don't know. That is, that's just me. I thought it was so, so and the commercials, I felt like were also lacking this year too
0: so yeah ludicrous in his uh moon boots was probably the best part that's the that's <laughs> the one thing that i was looking forward to is the uh potentiality that ludicrous would show up on on the stage so i was pretty pleased with that but yeah man, the the halftime show was pretty lackluster and it, was, it became obvious that i know like two usher songs and one of them i'd completely forgotten about until he started singing it and i was like oh shit yeah I forgot about that one but um what was the other thing? Oh, the commercials. Yeah, the commercials are okay. Like I was I was very let down by the Arnold Schwarzenegger State Farm commercial because they were teasing that on like Hulu and YouTube pretty heavily and the, it was the
1: Agent State Farm. Yeah.
0: God like it was it had so much more potential and they it just it didn't have legs in the end.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like I think the one that stuck out to me the most was the the Dunk Kings commercial, the, the, the Duncan's Dunkin Donuts commercial yeah with Ben Affleck and Matt David and Tom Brady uh, that, that one I thought good. was pretty good actually
0: <laughs> also there was the uh the Sunday ticket commercial that aired in the first quarter with uh like Tyler Lockett and it was yeah I think it was Tyler Lockett and then a, a interesting and pointless cameo from Sean Evans uh, of Hot Ones fame which uh. <laughs> was just more like an easter egg for terminally online people terribly <laughs> online people.
1: That's funny. Um yeah, I think I missed that one. I was kind of like in and out a little bit in the first quarter. Um but I was cuz I was I don't know. I was doing a lot with my not a lot, but I was I had a parlay going on. Well, I had a few. But I was just kind of like, I was fucking just like stat heathen. checking.
0: You heathen. <laughs>
1: And I will say I made my 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 parlay with the very last play of of the game because I had a three legger and I needed the only thing I needed left was Mahomes to throw one more touchdown and literally last play of the game got it and booyah so which,
0: which is incredibly clutch okay so you told me your parlay but for the people at home to know uh, exactly how smart and intelligent you are hit me with it
1: oh my goodness so I did so for Patrick Mahomes it was over one and a half touchdown uh throwing touchdowns and then for Christian McCaffrey it was over 33 and a half uh receiving yards easy bet yes and then i think the well i think the third one was i think it was Brandon Ayuk under 60 receiving yards i, th- I think i think i think that was the third wow. one I took. yeah so uh pretty oh no no I'm sorry I'm wrong that was my other parlay that didn't work out it was uh it was over 13 yards for uh Brock Purdy rushing so and I took I took the over on that
0: yeah that that was that was the one that I thought was pretty risky
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like he's gonna be running a little bit in this and he should get over 13 so (laughs) I I think he finished with like 20 or something like that so
0: (laughs) you were a very intelligent man
1: Eh, I, t- I, t- I took the overs in the Super Bowl this year for, 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 for some reason. But uh, I don't know. It all worked out. Um, But I found I, loved, I love all this drama. Not like drama, but like, all like these juicy memes and a lot of like people reacting on TikTok and whatnot about how for the overtime rules in the Super Bowl. I did not know that the overtime rules were different in the Super Bowl, to be honest. Because like when, when the ref came out and was talking about how like you know, this is the start of a new quarter or not new quarter, new game. And he was going through some of the scenarios. I was like, this sounds a little bit different from regular season over time. And about how like they both get a possession, even if the first team gets a touchdown. And so I was kind of like, Oh shit, that's different. And I love how there's been all this stuff coming about how the 49ers didn't were Unaware of the rules for, the overtime in the Super Bowl, but the Chiefs yeah. knew everything. And so Mahomes was shocked when they said they won the first reception or first possession.
0: I have to call bullshit on the fact that they said that they didn't know the rules. I just, I refuse to believe it. I cannot fathom that you would go into a game not knowing the goddamn rules. Like, give me a break. You may not know the strategy, which is defendable. But, my God, you got to know the rules. I, okay, look, I'm a layperson. I didn't know the rules either. But even if you didn't know the rules, I listened to Bill, Vinovi- uh, Bill Vinovich explain the rules. Uh, I thought he was very clear and concise. He was, did a better job than Tony Romo or, or Nance. I can't remember who's, who outlined it for the TV audience. But if you just listened to the referee explain the rules, you could be like, oh, shit. Okay, so we we need to obviously kick <laughs> like you can't yeah. give patrick mahomes the ball with a chance to win are you fucking kidding me the one thing that was really confusing um was what happens when the time runs out because everyone in the room that i was watching in was screaming at the tv like call a timeout like what are y'all doing but it seems like maybe the time would have continued uh yeah with- it it's if an it, odd thing to me. If
1: it was still within the so, if it was still within the team's like first possession as the quarter expired, it would have run over into the next quarter.
0: So okay, that that is a dumb rule in my opinion, because uh, I've always I've been you know saying for a while now that I wish the NFL overtime was more like the FIFA soccer rules of overtime, um, which would be. In soccer, they just play an extra thirty minutes, and if you score a goal, great. You got to finish out the game, and if you don't, then you go to PKs, which obviously is not a thing in football. So I was thinking like it would make more sense if you just added an extra quarter, and if you run out of time, you don't score. Well, you fucking lost. So that I guess I was working off that assumption, which is clearly wrong. But doesn't it feel like that'd make a better rule? I I think
1: so. Yeah. Just 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 do like a full fifteen minute quarter and whoever's on top at the end of that wins.
0: Yeah, because yeah, you you have the opportunity to possess the ball, right? Mm-hmm. You don't you don't get to be like at the end of the game like, oh but I had I had the ball, I should get to finish my drive. <laughs> like that's making sense <laughs> to me.
1: Uh yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I, I feel like that the NFL overtime rules are just stupid as like even like in the regular season i kind of i kind of dislike it honestly like regular season overtime rules are horrible i like your suggestion of just like getting a full quarter and you just play out the full quarter and then like whoever's on top there wins and And then then then
0: you would be able to have ties still in the regular season if you are still tied at the end of the quarter okay fine but then you can just keep extending it or whatever, you know, oh. maybe shorten it to 10 minutes or something. I, don't I know. would say
1: as someone that does not watch soccer and does not watch or like really pay attention to uh, racing sports, I am too American to settle for ties. And I, th- I hate that we have ties in the NFL. And honestly, if it does go to say like a double overtime or something like that, I would just lo- like the hot take. I love the, the college rules for overtime where it just kind of turns into like these 25 yard shootouts and i would i would love to see that happen if we go into like double overtimes if like one quarter isn't enough
0: yeah maybe do that after after the qu- i can get down with that to have a little 25 yard shootout cuz i don't this is maybe a hot take i don't like the college overtime the way it is because there is no end like it can literally go on forever like a baseball game that just go on <laughs> for days if you if you let it because i, I don't know do you remember um the game when joe burrow was at lsu and they played texas a&m on the road and it went to like fucking nine overtimes i remember my wife oh we weren't married at the time but she got home from work late it was like 11 30 and i was still watching the game and she was like do you want to go to bed i was like babe i've been watching this thing for six hours i gotta <laughs> finish it <laughs> like, i can't
1: <laughs> yeah no, i totally see your point and then like player safety like definitely comes into it and everything um but uh i don't know I, I i i personally i like the college overtime rules i think they're pretty fun uh but uh and i know it's not like it's not like football it's, that's not like real football settling it or whatever but i don't know i'm, I'm here to be entertained uh more than anything so <laughs>
0: that's yeah. what i want to see they should disallow field goals in that shootout, though. it should we be do they touch down. Do. Don't even bother the extra point. Just six points at a time. I don't know. That's, uh, that's well,
1: because like once you, I think it's, once you get into the double, you're forced to go for two. And yeah, if, if you do get okay. it,
0: that's what the NFL should do. You add mm-hmm. a 15 minute period. And if, if it's especially playoffs, if you're still tied at the end of the 15, go to that shootout and you have to go for two every single time. Yeah. No, no kicking field goals. Uh,
1: Yeah, absolutely. The kicker is not allowed on the field unless they're blocking. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. Once you get a really
0: fast kicker, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But I guess anyways, getting back to the Super Bowl real quick. Uh, It was a very exciting fourth quarter overtime. The fucking Chiefs, man. They're just having a little dynasty moment right now. I'm scared that we're about to have what the Patriots just had with them. Um, Yeah. Golly. But um well, it's, it's, I don't know. Mahomes, Mahomes is gonna I'm I'm shocked that they got this far to be honest, because their receiving core was garbage and but their defense was good and Mahomes was just doing Mahomes stuff all throughout the whole playoffs. So he's well, he, he so, just a
0: difference maker. I'm in a I'm in a weird spot, you know, because like you oh, having yeah. married into a Michigan family, I married into a Kansas slash Missouri family. And uh, they're all Chiefs fans. Uh, it's so I was cheering for the Chiefs in the strong minority uh, because you know I know what Sadma bread's buttered on, and I'm not gonna play with that fire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think I think Mahomes is on the verge of being considered the greatest quarterback of all time. He gets if he gets to 3 Pete, I don't think. Even Tom Brady winning five Super Bowls is in fucking trouble. Because Pat Mahomes is 28 years old. Yeah.
1: And I think Brady wants six, but yeah. Yeah, or that six. Is. yeah, either way.
0: So Mahomes would be you know two-thirds of the way there by his 29th birthday. The 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 thought of that and how realistic it is, especially if Kelsey stays, I mean, it's gonna be hard because he could literally go seven years or something without winning a super bowl and still have a shot to break Brady's record before the end of his career.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he does. And also like, I'm also curious about like with Andy Reed because Andy Reed, I think is a big factor into it. And he's getting up there. He's 65. So I wonder how much, how much juice he has left in the tank to, to keep going. But
0: I don't know if he's got that Nick Saban stamina. He got twelve more years in him, you know. He doesn't have the Nick Saban physique, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how long <laughs> well, he keeps going. Nick, Nick Saban is a known caffeine addict, so his heart is probably very tired. <laughs> <laughs> he has the Dan Campbell diet of caffeine. I remember watching a college game day one time, and they were interviewing Saban, and they were like, "Just a day in the life of Nick Saban," and I think he said, oh, "Like it's ten 30. Normal day, like, how many cups of coffee are you in? He's like, oh, at least four. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'd be shooting my goddamn brains out. He's got bowels as strong as his defenses. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the
1: trenches. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, just speaking of Andy Reid and, and everything, uh, I did see some people throwing some hoopla about Kelsey kind of pushing him and like getting his face about how he shouldn't be taken out of the game because uh i think noah gray didn't like missed a block and that's what caused Pacheco to to have a fumble right there in the end zone all the yeah. memes of that have been kind of hilarious um also mean template yeah it's yes good. yeah it's good i mean like yeah don't don't shove a 65 year old man but like i don't know like i, I feel like people are like really bl- blowing us up out of they're tr- i feel like they're really trying to make Kelsey looked like a bad guy because of this, but I'm like, dude, come on! It's if Andy Reid had a problem with it, he would
0: he would let it be known. Yeah, I mean, it's it's technically elder abuse, but I think Kelsey (laughs) has a pretty long leash. (laughs) True, he probably got him a couple
1: of cheeseburgers after it, and he's like, he's like, sorry, man. (laughs) Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. Well, I feel like that we have spent more time than we were anticipating on. On the Super Bowl and everything, but uh, overall, had fun. Happy I made my parlay. That was I wasn't rooting for the Chiefs. I was oh, to fully transparent. I was rooting for the 49ers. Um, but um, it was I, I was at least once I got my parlay right there. They didn't, didn't fucking care. So uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of over and unders on your parlay, like good thing you didn't bet the over on the total because that became <laughs> very relevant towards the end of the game. Half yes, a point. Half a point
1: damn uh anyways but uh <laughs> i feel like i really got lucky there and i am done gambling until next season um you just anyway. haven't
0: found another sport to gamble on
1: give it till I, march yeah i mean I, I mean okay i do always do march madness and i do yeah, gamble so on that so but, uh, <laughs> i'm not doing parlays on that that's just you know all or nothing with the with the brackets but um any anyways maybe maybe i'll have my my. Uh, Oh, fuck was that Adam Sandler movie uncut gems moment and really in the basketball with, with that. But uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, just don't have your uncut gems moment where you get way too deep. <laughs> yeah. And then it's you sad. owe money to some, some, uh, you know, jewel owners that are somewhat connected to the Jewish mafia. You don't want to do that. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> um,
1: all righty i think that here is a good spot to go ahead and take our song break uh and then on the other side we will get into our reactions for the uh coaching staff hires uh made so far by the tennessee titans and it is my week to pick and i picked uh not a slow sex and candy song this week uh i Decided to go with "No One Knows" by The Queens of the Stone Age. We'll see you on the other side.
0: Tastes like gold. Oh.
1: I say the queens of the stone age have been kind of climbing up my my charts a little bit i like i kind of like rediscovered them a few weeks ago and i've just been kind of going through
0: their their albums and i don't know been, been really digging their vibe okay I'm um, so the album that came off of i can't remember the name of it but isn't it like it's supposed to mimic like the The small town radio that you would listen to on a on a long car trip with those intermittent intermittent
1: yeah yeah like, they have like these like weird things at like the end of their songs yeah
0: yeah that's a that's a really cool album and I think I think did Dave Grohl play on that album oh he might have I know that he was a drummer for
1: actually it might have been that album it was for one of their albums he he was on. he's not like a like a full time member of the band but he did record for one of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that that's hitting hitting way back in my brain. And then I also like while I listen to that song, I just think of it was on oh, I just had to Google it. It was on SSX3. Did you play that game?
1: Oh shit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. That wow. That one that that brings up some memories. <laughs> Oh, damn. But uh, yeah, if um, people like our their, their songs or you know, want to go back and listen to other ones that we have shared before uh, in the show notes, we have links to every song on Spotify and our uh, Spotify playlist Two tune tunes. Um righty, let's go ahead and get into finally getting into some Titan stuff. Um, we have Brian Callahan and Rant Carthon have hired their offensive defensive coordinators. On the defensive side, they have hired uh, Dennard Wilson, who was most previously with the Ravens as their um, defensive backs coach. And then on the offensive side, uh, they have hired Nick Hulse, uh, who is most recently the passing coordinator for the Jaguars. Um, they had a press conference yesterday. And I think I have notes and takeaways from that we'll definitely get into. But um, I think my big thing is or not my big thing, but something I found interesting was that their connections and like, and them being hired that is that like ran had <clears throat> ran had like a very like clear connection to dinner Wilson and uh, Brian Callahan had a very like, you know, like long history and like connection with Nick Holtz. So I find that cool that they kind of like collaborated and like they found their indiv- individual guys, but like agreed on them to, to bring them on. So I find that pretty cool.
0: That was definitely something that uh, jumped out to me throughout the course of the press conference. Was how collaborative the effort was to hire the coaching staff. It seems like Ran, Ran Carthon is ten, tone, ten toes down in this. You know, he is fully embedded into building the team, and not just from a player acquisition standpoint, but from a player development standpoint, and using and leveraging his connections. Through the league to hire, it seems like really really good coaches and and Denard Wilson absolutely blew me away uh, yeah. in his portion of the press conference. Like I I came away thinking that this is the guy, this is the guy for the job. And and the term head coach of the defense was kind of thrown around more so by the media, but they didn't dispel the rumor or they didn't they didn't try to like put down that notion. And and Callahan basically said look, I'm not the defensive guy. This is the defensive guy, and he's going to do the fucking job. He's going to have Delegation is important. Yes, he's going to have, like... Yes, he's going to have pretty much full autonomy of the defensive scheme, uh, probably have a very significant uh, voice in who they sign and who they draft uh, from the defensive standpoint. I mean, that guy's... He he ticked all the boxes for me in terms of confidence, in terms of uh, his mentorship that he's been under, uh, just how well spoken he is and how passionate he seems. I mean, he said several times how excited he was, and it, it seemed genuine, genuine excitement to be a part of the Tennessee Titans franchise.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like it is also, I mean, genuine excitement it, with him being the Titans and everything. But it's also like cool that like they are ran and brian Callahan are kind of like doing their parts to like elevate people because if you think about it like both ran and brian they have been elevated coming to the titans like this is ran's first time being a gm and this is brian Callahan's first time being a head coach and also going to be his first time calling plays as well so it's like the titans have like presented as like like an opportunity for them to like finally get that cool promotion for them and they're kind of doing the same with their head coaching hires because they're like, they've been in that headspace of, you know, being in the league for 10 plus years as like, and working your way up. And that's exactly what Dennard Wilson and Nick Holes have been doing. They've been working their way up the ladder. Um, And I gotta say, we'll get to Nick Holes uh, in a little bit, but I want to kind of focus on Dennard Wilson. Uh, I totally echo everything you said. His press conference, I thought was very impressive he was all about X's and O's. He 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 gave me the impression that he's a guy that's very confident, and knows his shit, and also I I was looking at his like resume as a coach, and I also what I find really interesting about him, and he talked about this a lot about how he he talked a lot about how much he the passing game is very important, especially for today's. Um, age in, in football and how like that's how the ball moves is like through the air not through the ground as much and he had a stint when he was with the new york jets and with the eagles that while also being their defensive backs coach he was their passing game coordinator too for the jets and the eagles uh, in 2019 through 2019 through 2022 uh respectively so i think that's like kind of cool that he also has like that like kind of like offensive mindset too for like the passing game so he knows how to defend against it and yeah, it, it just seems like, like, like zoo,
0: a- you know, <laughs> <laughs> know your enemy.
1: <laughs> exactly. So it feels like he was like a really smart hire from that perspective.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, he he came in and said one of the things that really perked my ears up. It was like something to the effect of when he was sorry, when uh, getting ahead of myself, when Paul Kuharski asked him what the base defense is going to be, he basically, he didn't dismiss the question, but he said, look, I just got here. I need to figure out what the strengths are of my players, because the success of the defense isn't always down to the scheme. It's a, it's down to maximizing the talent of the players you have and making sure that they know what they're going to do. And, I I didn't hear him say anything about you know man versus zone coverage as a as a personal choice. So I thought you would probably be happy about that. Yes, and he (laughs) he said the
1: exact opposite of that. He says, uh, "I love this." He says that his whole thing is obnoxious communication. A team that fails to communicate fails to win. So, which sounds like the opposite of like I'll just do whatever you want.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and that's important. That's it's really important. I think. People succeed when they have, uh, I would say limited direction, right? You need to know your goal. You need to know what your role is and you need to know, you know, how you're expected to do it, but then let them be their play. Like let them play to their style and cater the, the scheme of the defense to the style and caliber of players that you have. It wouldn't make any sense to go up to Jeffrey Wills, uh, Jeffrey Simmons and say, Hey, um, you don't need to rush the pastor because we're just trying to contain, like, we just want to just hang around the line of script. That's fucking stupid. And that's obviously an extreme example, but it seems like he understands that to like a very deep level of saying, Hey, you know, I can't force, I, I can't force, you know, our, our linebackers to run in a, in a four, three or a three, four, just because that's what I like. It has mm-hmm. to be what fits the team, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think that he sounds like such a smart hire, and it also it still fits with what Brian said. Brian Callahan said in his his first press conference about you know because I think it was Paul Kaharski that asked him you know like what is his philosophy for defense, and he's just like my philosophy is basically just delegate that, like like get 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 somebody that knows what they're doing and just like make them in charge of that because he's like I'm offense. So it's cool to see how like they are sticking to like what they've said so far um and also uh, how i mentioned earlier that like this was kind of a guy that ran was able to pull um and that ha- they talked about how like they've hint that, that Dennard wilson and Rand carthon have a long relationship with each other they've known each other since Rand was a scout and Dennard was just like a coach and i think it was when he was coaching at maryland and because Rand would go to him and tell him about like you know when they're scouting like the type of players they are looking for and things like that um but i think it's really cool that they've been able to like keep in contact with each other and this kind of goes back to the whole like collaboration thing about how like they Cali and carthon are kind of like leaning on each other for certain decisions and i know it, it felt like the media spent two weeks on spinning this whole thing about how ran carthon skipped the senior bowl and he, he said he skipped it to help brian callahan with the the coaching search and it sounded like he kind of needed it too because i mean not like not like brian's bad or anything but like he definitely was helpful with pulling all these connections and levers that he had up his sleeve to get people like denard
0: wilson and honestly getting denard wilson was kind of a coup it really was because the uh the ravens had to have at least an inkling that mcdonald uh could leave right. or was going to leave. And he was presumably the shoe in to be their defensive coordinator. And, and I think if Ran had gone to the senior bowl and we missed out on the opportunity to hire Denard Wilson and, and got insert name, who knows that would have been, I mean, that could be a very significant moment in time. Like there's great players in the senior bowl. They come out every year, but Maybe getting Denard Wilson is going to be the key to, to success in, in Tennessee, and that's going to be a much more important hire than you know getting an extra week to scout you know a third-round draft pick. No offense, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. The fact that we were simultaneously able to both sign uh, what really feels like an excellent person to lead the defense, but also weaken uh, one of our fiercest rivals – and is going to be a, a rival, hopefully, maybe not next year, but in the near future for you know AFC playoffs positioning. That's huge, man. I, I don't think an extra week of scouting by the GM themselves. I mean, the t- the Titans definitely had people there. Yeah, um, but I, I don't. I don't care that ran missed the Senior Bowl if it means that we got Denard Wilson as a result
1: yeah exactly and i think like him prioritizing a good coaching staff was important to him this year um then again like that's that's just what happened this year i mean like he's probably going to go to the senior bowl next year you know so like it, it felt like like something to prioritize and also still part of like the whole culture about like them trying to lean on each other and like be very collaborative because um you know I think Ryan is showing that he is an asset and, you know, we do need to use it for things like this too. So,
0: and maybe thinking uh, more cynically about that decision from Ryan Carthon's perspective would to be, would be to say that he kind of won a power struggle and now he needs to prove that he deserved to win the power struggle and getting involved in the coaching search and making sure that, You know, he leverages his connections to get the best possible coach and then uh, Callahan can get his best possible coaches based off his connections and and kind of Vulcan mind meld into this uh, agreement of, hey, you get your guy, I'll get my guy. As long as we both agree that these dudes are studs, then we're going to have a good time. And and I promise you, you're going to get along with this guy, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And can I also just like shout out the fucking drip he had in this press conference? He he showed up to the press conference wearing a Tennessee Oilers um, uh, like sweater. Fucking love it. <laughs>
0: yeah, that love you blue. Yeah, it's so it. good. This guy gets it.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he's one of us. We could circle back to him if he has some other stuff, but I did want to get into the offensive coordinator hire with Nick Coles. Uh I think this he pronounces it Holtz. Is it it's Holtz? T- is there a T in it? Okay. There's
0: not a T in it, but I think that's how he pronounces it. So Holtz, it's, Holtz it's, is a little embarrassing, I
1: think. So it's not a silent T, it's an invisible T. Okay. It's
0: an assumed <laughs> T. Yeah. Yes,
1: it's it's heard not seen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um anyways, Nick Holtz. Uh he this one I gotta say, I I'm not like super over the moon on this one. I'm a little I don't know. Like in the, I was a little like, okay, like I don't wanna like, just assume he's hiring his buddy or anything like that. Like, you know, like he's he's been in the league for 10 years. You know I was you know, Jag's passing game past couple of years has been better, but like I feel like Lawrence wasn't doing them much favors the second half of this year. Um, but it's also like important to remember context, and that the the this the offensive coordinator for the Titans is now going to be play calling. That's Callahan's job. So it's I don't want to say it's less important, but like it's not. It's more important that we got Callahan who's going to be the play caller as opposed to whoever could have been like the the other offensive coordinator for this. So I don't know. That's I'm I'm I'm, I'm like I'm not over the moon about him. I'm kind of like all right, let's just see where this goes. Like I
0: don't, how are you feeling about Nick Holtz? I'm kind of in that cautious territory about being super excited about him because he is new to this position. And I'm not saying that he's unqualified because he's certainly qualified, Uh, but it does seem a little bit lower stakes than Denard Wilson because he's, he's kind of the, this is what I was thinking. It was maybe a stupid analogy, but I was like, okay, so the way they're describing the dynamic between uh, Callahan and Holtz is like Callahan, he's the store manager. Okay. And then like Holtz is like the shift manager. Like he's going to take care of stuff when Callahan can't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause he goes, Oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll be involved in, in practices and, and I'll be involved in, in making decisions when Brian is unable to, there was right. that little caveat that really stuck out to me. Which is totally fine. Like I we both believe in Callahan and his potential uh, to be a good coach for us. So it's it's. I don't say I don't mean to sound like that's a negative, but it is less it carries less like gravity because mm-hmm. Callahan is still steering the ship, you know?
1: Yeah. And. I also think it helps a little bit. I mean, one, I don't think we're going to land like a super sexy OC anyways, with Brian Callahan being the play caller. Cause I don't think most guys would have want that position that were already OCs. Um, but it kind of does. Call- Brian Callahan did talk about this a lot about how he's trying to sort of like replicate what what's been done in Cincinnati. Cause he seemed to like, you know, really enjoy what they did. he felt like that a lot of it bred a lot of success. I mean, you know, they did make a Super Bowl appearance. So, and this kind of feels like the way that was set up with like between him and Zach Taylor where you know, Zach Taylor was making the the call, the play calls. And, and this was also his, with the Bengals, it was his first time being OC as well. So it kind of feels like he's doing the whole kind of like promotion sort of thing. Like, like he's kind of lending out a uh, kind of like a branch to somebody and like, kind of like taking them under his wing a little bit and, he's picking somebody that he, that he knows he can trust because he he knows this guy for a long time. They went to high school together. But he's also been in the league for 10 years. So yeah, yeah it feels like low stakes, but also I feel like it helps with consistency with the offense because let's say like we have like a stellar offensive year. People are going to know Brian Callahan is calling the plays and the, and it didn't come from like this guru like Matt LaFleur like when he was here and it feels like even we have like a really good offensive year, I doubt teams would be coming and try to poach our offensive coordinator. So it kind of feels like it's like built in consistency, for, at least for the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's, it's kind of like Nick Holt seems like a glue guy. He's survived several coaching hires in Las Vegas o- slash Oakland. And he, he has has to have this sort of like versatility and adaptability in order to just even stick around through that kind of turmoil when it comes mm-hmm. to the turnover that was going on in in uh, Vegas slash Oakland at the time. And then there's also this fact that like we I know we don't want to justify the buddy index. You know there was a lot of you know hand wringing over. Vrabel hiring all his friends, but I don't want to like just say that it's not a big deal because I think it is, Um, but it could be a positive in the fact that they actually like weren't working together. You know, they just are friends. They're good friends. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to come out and say that it's going to work because it might not. You know, when you're working with your friends, um, it can sour a friendship if things are going bad or, or what have you. So I want to lean more on the positive side and say that it's going to be that they just have more chemistry when it comes to working together because they know each other so well. That's the positive. That's the optimistic scenario, uh, along with the fact that maybe this guy's just pretty good at designing an offense. Uh, maybe Trevor Lawrence just had a bad year and it's a Trevor Lawrence thing not Mm -hmm. necessarily a Nick Holtz thing yeah who's to say who's to say I guess the the proof will be in the pudding when it comes to evaluating Holtz as an offensive coordinator hire I'm not as confident out of the gate as I am with Wilson right
1: yeah and we also gotta remember too with like what happened in Jacksonville he was the passing game coordinator he wasn't the offensive coordinator he wasn't playing calls or anything so like who knows you know like maybe he he did have like good schemes for passing and and like stuff like that but like maybe i don't even know who the offensive coordinator is but like maybe he i don't know just didn't make the right calls that he would have done too or something like that i don't know but i don't want to put like too too much significance and weight in like what happened in jacksonville because of you know he he was just a passing game coordinator he couldn't control everything that the offense did so i don't know but like i I, i'm cautiously i'm I'm cautiously cautious about him
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah he he honestly did not have a whole lot to say during the press conference. Yeah, there's a lot
1: of I don't know, Brian. What, what do you want to do for, for for offense on this?
0: Yeah, and even the press pool just wanted to talk about Bill Callahan more than they wanted to talk about Nick Colts. and it was kind of awkward because he's just sitting up there while people ask Brian Callahan about his dad. <laughs> and yeah. I just kind of felt for the guy. I was like, you are clearly not the uh, the hot shit at the party. Okay, you're just you're the hot girl's, but you know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're here too. <laughs> he couldn't even
1: get a cheerleader effect. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. It was like, it debunked that theory of the, of the cheerleader effect, I guess. Oh, that's funny. Maybe um, he's just modest. Maybe he's just shy. Who knows?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I got a, it was, it was an interesting vibe, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Again, I think the important thing is is that Brian Callahan is really going to be running that side of things, and you know he will be delegating stuff, of course, as he said. But uh, as long as they can still keep developing Will Levis in the right direction and everything, um, I think, I, I think, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, of course, um, yeah.
0: Oh, uh, speaking of Levis, not to uh, sorry to inter- interject, but there was another part of the press conference that really perked my ears up was the fact that I think it was Brian talking Poor, poor Nick, just watching where he was talking about Will Levis and he basically said that he wants Will Levis to be as involved in the offense in the, in the kind of the decision-making of scheme and maybe a little bit of uh, some play design, not design, but like, play choice, I guess Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, he wants Will Levis to feel comfortable enough saying, I don't like throwing this route. I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing this. I don't think it's good for me. And to just be able to come out and say it without any sort of retribution, just be more honest and open. And I don't know. I've never heard a coach say something like that. I've never heard a coach say like, yeah, I just want my, I want my, second year quarterback that started 10 games to come out and say, yeah, this shit ain't working dog. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it kind of goes back to what you're saying earlier about
1: how this coaching staff seems to be aware that it's smarter to play to your strengths and what you can do than than trying to, you know, fit in some sort of scheme that maybe some of your personnel isn't the best for. So I think that's important. And also because not that I think that Titans have a bad culture or anything like that, but he's definitely, definitely trying to foster his own culture here. And I think it's, I think he's also trying to get players like Will Levis to buy into it. And you're way more invested if you are part of the decision-making and not just being told what to do. And I think that's really smart for, for him to, to have that approach.
0: He seems very much like a player's coach and, and, I thought, I always thought that Mike Vrabel was a player's coach. But after kind of listening to Wesley Woodyard's interview on 1045, maybe that was a public perception, but not held as strongly within the locker room. It seems like Callahan is going at it a different way that could breed more player camaraderie with the coaching staff by Mm -hmm. um, being. More on their level, you know, like just not being so caught up in in the gravitas of, of being the head coach and sitting up in an ivory tower saying, well, I'm the one that calls the shots or, you know, it's, it's my rules. And if you don't like it, then, you know, there's the door. Yeah, I, I really want that to be the case. Um And we'll just have to see how things play out. I mean, I'm really trying to temper my expectations for this season because the vibes are so fucking good. (laughs) But, like, there's there's a lot of talent deficit on the team as it stands. And Mm -hmm. we have some of our, you know, great players that are in – they're kind of up in the air whether they'll be on the team next year. So I just – I, i'm trying to like keep myself from getting too high on, on on how i feel about it yeah yeah i think
1: i think for this whole upcoming season for me it's not going to be like wins and losses i mean like that's you know great if we do get you know a bunch of wins but like i'm gonna be looking more for just like performance in things like that because like i don't expect us to make like a big jump next year uh in terms of wins and losses um i don't expect us to really be like contending for playoffs or anything like that we're getting really far ahead about you know stuff for next year but uh that's just me right now and i'm just looking for to to make sure like people stay healthy the line is able to do what they need to do and that we see uh improvements on defense and will levis is obviously progressing in the direction that he needs to
0: yeah, this, this feels like it might be a gap year, yeah, but sure. like a really promising future is what I hope to see. And yeah, we're getting way out of ourselves, and there's plenty of time to talk about this as, as the team is built out a little bit more. But goddamn, the vibes are so good. I, I was talking this morning at work with um, a guy that's a huge Chiefs fan, like Kansas City, Nebraska area native, and he... Um, he, he was kind of saying, like, look, the, the Chiefs are not in, uh, invincible, right? They're very fucking good, and it's because they have Pat Mahomes, and they have Travis Kelsey, and they have Andy Reid, and they have Bagnolo, Sp- and who knows if Chris Jones is going to be there, uh, and LeGarrius Sneed and all these guys. Like, they have a lot of question marks, too. But the vibes in Tennessee are so, like it's so palpable to just feel really good about it it's hard to temper it's 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 really hard to kind of just say okay well it's probably not going to be that good but it's going to yeah. be promising
1: yes yeah, so let, let's let's be excited about like all the acquisitions that we're making and then we can be 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 happy and just ride that wave and just just hope for it for a healthy healthy 2024 that that's what that's my big thing
0: yeah and look we are officially in the off season as of sunday night and i think this is going to be probably the biggest offseason in recent memory it's we thought last year was going to be a big offseason with uh, Robinson being fired and Rand Carson being brought in, but this feels bigger because this is kind of closing that chapter of the Titans organization fully, with the new coaching staff coming in as well, and a new quarterback and and, every, and everything. Everything feels different. We've got a new stadium coming up. This really feels like this off is going to set the tone for the next you know four years i'm pumped yeah i'm really pumped i'm ready to get my heart broken
1: (laughs) i'm ready to do it again every year they bring us back man Just when you
0: thought you were out they'd pull you back in
1: yeah dude i'm i'm so excited and like just besides like all these coaching hires and we've talked about it a lot but like well i am very excited about will levis and dude he's having a hell of an off season holy shit i don't know if you've Seen all the stuff he's been—he's but been, he was in that uh the celebrity poker tournament and he he made it for a while. He did fucking psychic magic and he called that that flop, which was insane. Uh, he had yeah, to be co- like it's a commentator says people.
0: the commentator says he went full Nostradamus on us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it, our, our, our guy, and I think he beat um he beat Trevor Lawrence in some ping pong. So uh, on on a uh, on uh, fuck with K Adams show. So that's awesome. He played golf with
0: Phil Mickelson.
1: Yeah, dude, he's just, he, he, he was hanging out with, with Vince Vaughn in Vegas. Like the dude, the dude, dude's living it up and like, like it's like cool, fun, like living up stuff. Not like him getting into like weird scandalous shit. Um, right. It's, it's yeah. safe
0: fun and it's good press. It's little wholesome American fun. Yeah. <laughs> little wholesome gambling and <laughs> <laughs> drinking with its fawn you know just we kind of guy yeah uh, just like uh just like we all grew up dreaming of yeah
1: i will say i did listen to it while he was where were they were i think i think it was at the super bowl um it, he, he was there he didn't go to the game and he there was a, a lot of headlines well, not headlines a lot of like quotes going around about how he said that uh the first time he goes to the super bowl he wants to be playing in it not watching it which i love that mentality but um which I think Jeffrey Simmons also said the same thing because he was at the Super Bowl like week events. But uh he, while there, Willis or Will Levis did a interview with Jared Stillman and Stillman was kinda asking him, but you know, like tight they have seventh overall pick. Are you hoping are you like are you being part of those discussions with the coaches? Like are you in their ear trying to be like uh do you have like a preference of going like tackle or wide receiver? And he said that, like, his, his eye, Will Levis, his eyes just got really wide. He's just like, I'm trusting the organization to, to, to make their decision. <laughs> it's like he has an opinion, but he's like, I'm biting my tongue on this right now.
0: <laughs> that press training kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: was like, I want to tell you everything, but I'm going to keep it to myself right now and going to trust the process.
0: <laughs> Dude, is Will Levis, like, really cool? I can't it's- tell.
1: I, I I think I think so. I, I think the dude definitely has like a sense of humor, especially about himself. Considering all like the stupid shit he's done on TikTok.
0: <laughs> yeah, the I mean the pre draft stuff was a little immature, but if, if he's being genuine, I'm I'm for it. Like be yourself, be goofy, be quirky. But like I've never never in a thousand years, outside of maybe like a Vince Young caliber of like socialite, what I have imagined. A Tennessee Titans quarterback, you know, yucking it up with Vince Vaughn and Mickelson and, you know, ca- having friendly competition with a division rival on Kay Adams show. Like, that's just that's cool. Like, that's fucking T- Tana Hill, no offense. Tana Hill wouldn't do that shit. He's no fishing or whatever, which is fine. He's flying planes. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's piloting a, a plane in rural but, East Tennessee or whatever.
1: It's also like but it's also like the 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 stark like dichotomy between like a married man with kids and Will Levis who's just like single and ready to mingle baby and like he's just he's just out there slanging it both on the field and <laughs> off the field.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. They're they are in different stations in life, and I think you and I are careening towards the Tannehill stations. as yes, we fast, are. <laughs> so fast. Like I'm buckling up my seatbelt. <laughs>
1: yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh um, my god! I thought about like, did you you know going to to bars and nightclubs and stuff, like I did in my early 20s, and the just the idea of being in a place like. In free in Birmingham right now, it it makes me want to go home and I'm already home. Like I yeah, just wanna please. like <laughs> I wanna leave and come back just to have that feeling, just the thought.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> I, like for New Year's, I just like stayed in. I did it and I've done that like the past several years. I'm just like, I'm just gonna stay up enough to like watch a movie and then go to bed. Like I I just can't go out any anymore.
0: Bro, not going to lie, I fell asleep at like 11.15 on New Year's Day, or New Year's Eve. Oh, shit. <laughs> I had, well, I think I, I worked the night before. I was not having it.
1: <laughs> Dude, we're, we're, we're not, we're, we're like borderline. We're not like Tannehill era. We're like Terry Bradshaw era right now.
0: <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> oh. I, you know, I'm in my extremely late twenties, but I think I have the soul of a man that's in his extremely late fifties. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God. But, um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well, Levis, Levis is living up in, in a good way and I'm, I'm here for it. And, you know, it's just exciting. And we talked about this during the season too, that like, he also brings this very, and I mean this in like the best way, but he kind of brings this, uh, like kind of cocky attitude on the field but like it, it, it it's in a way that it's like demanding more out of the team around him and i found this interesting when he was talking to jared stillman and jared it was a question along the lines of you know like what did you like find out that you needed to do to evolve to to the pros and everything and he was like he's like really like being able to step up and like tell people what to do especially like going up to like veteran players and like telling them like you need something from them or something like that and mm-hmm. i just kept thinking about that one game i think it was maybe against the falcons uh when he was like in d hop's ear on the sideline like yelling at him about something and yeah. i was just like dude we talking about you 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 got over there pretty quickly i remember you screaming at d hop on, on the <laughs> sidelines about like a, a missed route or something
0: yeah and it, i think in the dolphins game i was watching uh the mic'd up and he he, I think he was like Sean Murphy Bunting. He got up. He's like Murph, we need you. Like we gotta have you out here, like make a play for us. And then it was re- it was kind of reciprocated, not by Murphy Bunting, but by Tajay Spears. He's like, well, you said we're gonna win. Well, let's go and win. Yeah. You know, the, it 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 felt like some camaraderie and some like passion that was being shared between the players and and if that's something that this new coaching staff can foster and 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 really kind of grow into a real you know brotherhood style bond between the players and that's you I mean you're gonna fight for the guys you love more than your coworkers.
1: yeah for sure and i love it and again it seems like the culture is changing not that i ever thought we had a bad culture but it seems like the culture is definitely changing for the better
0: yeah, I yeah exactly. I don't I don't think the culture was ever bad here. It seems like, you know, everyone was was very much into like fighting for each other, but it just it's it's different, and not to say that the the last one was bad, but it's right. different. And I think sometimes that different approach is what people need to really buy in again.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and especially like with like a, a young this team's about to get really young, so. <laughs> um yeah. it's, it's it's good to like have that in place for when we do acquire new people here soon so excited for a free agency dude oh my fucking god i'm just uh we'll i'm, I'm hoping for some very cool news for us to talk about when, yeah, when free hope, agency hits
0: i hope that news involves aziz al shire yes
1: <laughs> yes yes and and some priority number one and, in my opinion yes 100 percent oh golly but i feel like that we have gone for a good amount of time here was there anything else about the coaching hires or any other Titans news before we hop off that you wanted to get to uh
0: nothing that we can dig into uh but we still don't have a special teams coordinator as far as i know so mm. um, i don't i don't think that'll warrant a, an emergency pod when we get one but it so. is something to keep a lookout for as uh kind of the final you know the final piece of the puzzle going into this um, coaching staff.
1: Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And also shout out to them getting bill Callahan to, to come be our offensive line coach. I'm very ecstatic about that. And also like, like good, like sportsmanship from the Browns from letting him free of his contract to go work for his son. That's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Can you believe they didn't even interview him? They just hired a guy without an interview. I, it's kind of unprofessional.
1: <laughs> so it's it's so funny. It's like the reverse nepotism. But <laughs> it's like, do you
0: know who my son is? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, that is that is great. Um, well, I think that this is a good spot to go ahead and close out. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of Two Tone Brews. Please be sure to share us with friends and family. Other titans fans it does uh word of mouth is the best way to to grow the pod um and we'll be back uh, next month for another you know titans news what's going on and everything but um see you guys on the other side bye-bye
0: cheers